sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning to each one. Greetings in Jesus' name. It's good to be back after, I think, a long time of being gone. <laughs> good to be back with you all. Um, last Sunday, I guess we were traveling down to Louisiana for the work project there, and then... Uh, I think the Sunday before, I wasn't feeling very good. Um, I think it was that Sunday. Kind of been sickness and stuff, but yeah, it's good to be back. You can turn with me this morning for a meditation to uh, Psalms 51. This will be our text uh, chapter for today. Psalms 51, this is a psalm of David. He prays for uh, the remission of sins, and um, I believe this is, it says, to the chief musician, musician, psalm of David, uh, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So this is after the sin of Bathsheba. Um, and he was praying, this is his prayer to God. And I'm going to ask for some participation this morning. Um, it'll be all of you included. Uh, there is a song in this chapter, verse 10, Created me a clean heart, O God. So I'm going to be reading, and then when we get to that, we'll just sing, um, sing that chorus. It doesn't quite go exactly like the words all together, but I think we kind of know it good enough. We can sing it. So Psalm 51, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. And hear this song. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. 
heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and renew a right spirit within me. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. But this is a sacrifice that God does delight in. <clears throat> the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. So there's a lot in this chapter that we could look at. Um, it's, it's a, yeah, a lot of good things, a lot of deep um, things that we can ponder and learn from this chapter. But the verse that I want to um, bring out, or the I guess the whole topic of what I want to speak about, is um, restoration. And in verse 12, how it says, Restore unto me the joy of thy, of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. So restoration, that can be a lot of um, things to talk about rest, about restoration. We could, of course, talk about restoration in um, relationships with each other or restoration in our relationship with the Lord. Uh, this verse particularly talks about restoration um, in our attitude, in our attitude toward God and in our, the joy in our hearts. So hopefully you can, um, hopefully this all makes sense and it doesn't, I don't jump around too much. I didn't have as much time as I wanted to to prepare and then this morning there was some, um, I had some difficulties at home that I had to take care of and so didn't have as much time, but Hopefully, hopefully all can be blessed as I was, as I was studying this. So restoration, uh, whenever I think of, of restoration or, you know, restoring something, it's common to think of restoring old cars, <laughs> for me, for some reason. Not that I really enjoy it, but, you know, it's, you hear about that a lot, and I guess Levon has an old car that he kind of restored, a um, little yellow slug bug, <laughs> um, and he polished it up, 
made it to shine again, bring back to, um, kind of bring back the life, bring back the shine that it had when it was more like when it was new. To make new again, restoration, I guess I didn't look up the actual word, the definition of it, but um, so just think about restoring, bringing back to new. This has the idea of that we had this at one point. We had something at one point, and it's over time it faded. Seems like that's what things of this earth, earth do. And also it can tend to be that way in our lives, in our spirits, personal lives, things tend to fade some. Um, so David here was praying to restore, to bring back, to make to shine again the joy of his salvation and to uphold him, David, with his free spirit. It would be interesting to look into that, um, that phrase, uphold me with thy free spirit. Um, I didn't look it up, but it could be an interesting Bible study, I guess. Um, so I guess what got me thinking about this was when we were down in Louisiana, we had um, a sing-spiration on Thursday night, or a hymn sing, I'm not sure what they call it, but they get together in, there's, so most of the time we were in campers, and actually everything was on campers, on wheels, pretty much, but there was a big church there that they let us use for this hymn sing, so the homeowners would come that we worked for, and we would sing for a little bit, and then have a devotional, and sing. It was maybe about three-quarter hour total. But um, at the end of the service, they had some house dedications, which I <laughs> I guess I didn't exactly ask, but I'm pretty sure it's like when we kind of finish a house or finish a project when we have house dedications. So it was interesting to be there for. Um, basically, they have the homeowner get up there in front with one of the staff there, and they read a little passage um, from Scripture and um, give the homeowner opportunity to you know, say their, their thanks to us and to the Lord for um, bringing us there, I guess. And then they gave him a Bible, or gave, yeah, gave each of the homeowners a Bible. So that, was, that was good. Uh, but this one man that was... Um, so I think they worked on his mom's house. I'm not sure if they actually worked on his house, but he was up there. And so they asked him if he wanted to say anything. And he was, um, you know <laughs> how it is in the South. People are very, in the type of the Southern drawl. And he was just um, so excited. And you could tell that he, there was joy on his face. He was very happy. And he just um, went on and on about how it's just so great that we came down there and that we that Lord sent people to him and helped him out and his his mom and I was just like you know that's that's inspiring when somebody is joyful like that and you could just tell that he has the joy of the Lord on his face um, and he was like and I hope to see y'all someday up there <laughs> or however he said it. It was just inspiring to me. And I was like, you know, that, that should be how we all are. Excited about 
God and excited about our salvation because it truly is a great salvation that he has given to us, that he has saved us and made us new, made us to shine. When we have the joy of the Lord on our faces, we shine, we shine forth his, his joy. Um, there, I guess there are two kind of two different aspects that I would like to look at in joy this morning. Um, one is concerning the joy of our salvation. Um, we could read a lot through Psalms that talks about that. About uh, just it seemed like that's David's heart was that he he was grateful, he was joyful, he praised the Lord a lot. For salvation. Uh, and then the other aspect is, is the joy um, that we give and take to and from each other. I think that's also um, that's also something that we need to consider or that, that's that's real. <laughs> we can give joy to each other. So, um, I had to think of that man that Jesus talks about. He likened the kingdom of God to. It's kind of unique. In Matthew 13, um, there's one verse that talks about what the kingdom of God is like. In this whole, there's, he talks a lot about what the kingdom of God is like, um, or the kingdom of heaven, same thing. Uh, it's like unto leaven, which women took and hid three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. That gives a picture of it grows inside of us until we become, um, until we come, until the kingdom of God encompasses all our life, basically. But the one that I want to look at is verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. One little verse. But this, this man saw something of great value in this field. Which is kind of, it's very interesting. This man obviously wasn't um, poor because... He was able to sell what he had and buy this field. Um, and he probably actually had enough to live on for the rest of his life as far as, or to sustain him. He probably had, you know, a job and maybe he had a business. And it probably would have been sufficient for him for the rest of his life. But he saw something of great value in this field that he saw was way more value than all that he had, even if he had enough for the rest of his, like enough you know, work to sustain him for the rest of his life. Yet he saw this one thing, and he sold all his other things so that he could gain this one treasure. So I had to think of it in my own life. How highly do I value the kingdom of God? Do I, am I willing, do I, see all else um, the things that I enjoy doing or the things this, this world 
of much lesser value? Do I see them? Um, am I willing to give up of anything that would hinder me from attaining to the kingdom of God? The joy of our salvation. This is not something that um, I want to be up here preaching that we must give up all or whatever. Um, because there's so much power in desire <laughs> and in wanting to do something. Um, in the joy, just thinking of that verse, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame. There was something of great value that Jesus saw, and he was willing to make sacrifices for that. What great value do I see in the kingdom of God, and what am I willing to sacrifice for that? So in uh, John 15, you all can turn there if you would like. This is the uh, chapter about the vine. Just thinking about joy and the joy of our salvation. I wish I would have gotten a lot of verses together about um, where, where David said um, he has joy of, joy of God's salvation, but I didn't have the time, I guess, to write them all down. But um, We'll maybe get to one of them later on. But here in John 15... Um, I'm going to read a few verses here. One, two, maybe I'll read to 17. And just um, try to follow along as I read and think of it in relation to yourself. That Jesus, imagine that Jesus is speaking to you as the branch, you specifically. As a, as a person, as a child of God. I am the true vine, and my father is a husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now you are clean. Now Brendan is clean through the word that Jesus has spoken to me. Abide in me, and I in you. Jesus said, is telling me, each of us, to abide in him, and he wants to abide in us. He wants to abide in Brendan. He wants to abide in Delwyn. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. It's just, he just says it over and over and over again, abide in me, and I in you. You need to abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus says. You need to abide in me, and I in you. <laughs> because it, there in the end of verse 5, it's an astonishing truth that Jesus says. It's just like, this is the way it is. Without me, you can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
except we abide in Jesus, we can do nothing. Continuing on in verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. If you noticed in verse 5, it says, He that abideth in me and I in him, the saying bringeth forth much fruit. This isn't just fruit that, I <laughs> um, forget when it was, maybe the people that rode down to Louisiana remember, but um, I think somebody had mentioned it. It's not fruit that you have in a basket, that you have a tree and you go and tape it onto the tree. This is fruit that is juicy and it's coming off of the tree, or it's growing out of the tree, <laughs> growing from within. It's not taped on. Bearing much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, then he tells us how to continue in his love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Wouldn't that be amazing if all of our joys would be full? (laughs) Our joy tank would be all the way full and running over to others. So I was thinking, you know, going down through 1 all the way down to um, 11, these things have I spoken unto you. So these previous things about abiding in the, in the vine and the vine abiding, Jesus abiding in us, we're one, we're together. Um, and then connecting it with the joy, it's almost like um, he's ta- telling us these things so that his joy abides in us. This is the reason that he's telling us what he's telling us about abiding in him so that we can be joyful. So that his joy remains in us and that our joy is full. That's the purpose. But then going on, so that verse 11 could relate to, I think it does um, relate to the verses previously and also the ones after, the verses that come after. Verse 12, this is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit. That's another well, I don't know if it's necessarily another purpose, but it is a purpose, um, as well as that our joy. Well, you know what? Joy is one of the fruits, isn't it? Fruits of the Spirit. Um, sorry, continuing on in verse 16, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. It's kind of interesting, you know, most most of the time when we think of a commandment, we think, okay, now I need to do it. Like, you know, soldiers in the the, um, army or anywhere, if you get a commandment, you know, you just go carry it out. It's not necessarily... (laughs) um, It's not necessarily like, you know, you, there's an emotion attached in a commandment, except this commandment there is. 
This commandment is to love one another. So if I am supposed to love you, I can't just go by the command. I can't just um, buckle down and love you, <laughs> in a sense. <clears throat> I somehow have to um, have that attitude of love. How do we get there? How do we have that love? I guess this is kind of going on a little rabbit trail, but um, I think there's, there's steps to that love. Um, and I think the first part of this chapter is laying out very clearly um, how to get to that, that place of truly loving our brothers. Abiding in the vine. And our and God's words abiding in us, just being being in us, thinking about them, pondering them. That Jesus' joy might remain in us, and that our joy might be full. So thinking about in relating that verse to the next verses about uh, loving our brother. Um, so I think the first step is to love the Lord um, and abide in Him. And that brings joy into our life. Lots of joy when we um, take time to ponder what the Lord has done, His salvation in our lives, and um, just abiding in Him and how that Allowing, allowing God's um, glory to shine in our hearts, to make a difference in our lives, and knowing that his face is shining on us. Even this morning, he, he loves us. He is, his face is shining on us. And when we see that, when we ponder and um, take time to look at God, I think he will fill us with joy, with much joy. And then also, um, as that joy fills, as God fills our joy tank, we call it, that joy spills out to others in um, our relationships, in our, in our love to others. Um, if I can bring this out and how I've been thinking about it, also, loving others fills our joy tank. It's not only loving God. We know that that's not separable. Loving God and loving our brother or loving other people, that's not separate at all. We have to do both. <laughs> if we love God, we love other people. And you kind of see this as a central um, verse, verse 11, about getting God's joy or God's joy remaining in us, and that our joy is full, we love God and we love others, and our joy is full. So how do we restore our joy, the joy of our salvation? First of all, we need to uh, abide in the vine, take time to abide in the vine. How much do I actually spend um, purposefully abiding in the vine um, without distractions. We should abide in the vine all the time, obviously, but I think 
for me, um, I need refreshing times of nothing else um, distracting me, but just sit there and ponder the Lord and praise the Lord. Um, I've heard it, and I, I do believe that gratitude or thankfulness is the on-ramp to joy. There's exercises that we can do. Um, I think it would be really helpful to all of us. I actually haven't done this myself, but um, there is a, uh, is it 60 day? 60 day, um, oh, now I can't think of what the term was. It was used, 60 day joy exercise or 60 day gratitude exercise. Um, And basically thinking back of experiences when you had joy you could feel you know if you think about um, when you were first born again or some other times in your life when it was just you know you had there was just lots of joy um, like you know when you're around your spouse or your girlfriend or <laughs> when you just got married for those of us who are married um, or other other times when it just feels like um, God is close to you just to think on those times and to ponder those, those things and do that for five minutes each day for, for 60 days. And that will do a lot for us, I believe. Even the, the few times that you know, I've um, thought about those things, it, it does make a difference. I haven't done it ever for 60 days, five minutes each, each day, but that would be a good thing. Um... <clears throat> Oh, another thing here in uh, John 15. Um, Oh, in verse 7 it says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And then it talks about joy. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. And in verse 24 of the next chapter, it says, Hitherto... Have ye asked nothing in my name? Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. So I think back of times when I have asked, when I have prayed, and my prayers are answered. That's a, that's a booster. <laughs> For me, it makes, it makes me joyful. I think there's some connection to that as well. Um asking the Lord, praying to the Lord for specific things, and when he answers them, when he, um, yeah, when he answers our prayers, our joy will be full. It would be interesting to look more into that, but that's just a little, little thing that I'd seen in those two verses that correlate uh, there's something in Jeremiah. Interesting. I'll just read it to you here. Jeremiah 15, 15. Uh, it says, O Lord, thou knowest, remember me and visit me and revenge me of my, of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering. 
know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. So Jeremiah was saying that he has suffered rebuke. And that's not a very fun thing. Normally you don't really feel too joyful when you are suffering. Normally. But I think we can. And then it says in verse 16, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. So, Jeremiah, um, I guess he was kind of, he was comparing it to actually eating, eating things and how that, you know, good food makes us happy sometimes. <laughs> it does for me when we were down in Louisiana, you know, there's, you do some, some hard work and then you come home to a good meal or um, even here, when I come home to a really good meal, it's, it's, um, makes me joyful. <laughs> make, you know, it can make a difference. Here he says, Jeremiah says, I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Just thinking about that man that found treasure in a field, and am I finding um, that much joy in God's word in my life? sure what all to um, say or to go through here. Uh, I guess we could go into the other next part about bringing joy to each other. I kind of touched on that already about um, loving our brother and bringing joy to each other. Um, I looked up the, jo- the word joy in the New Testament and um, in John and Luke, I believe it is, it talks a lot about joy. But then in the uh, epistles, um, Paul a lot of times talks about joy, but he talks about it in relation to the congregations, the churches that he works with. It's a very interesting um, little study. If you, if you take time to do that, Many times Paul told the churches what great joy that they brought to him. And when he heard, when he heard their estate, when he heard how they were doing, and also what joy it would be, or it will be, when they get together, when they see each other again. And I think that we are very capable of bringing each other joy, and we should be excited to bring each other joy. We should tell each other how happy we are to be with, with, uh, with each other, with them. Our faces should light up when we see our brothers. You know how sad it would be if, um, you know, we're a church, we're a brotherhood community that's supposed to be um, we're supposed to be loving and we're supposed to be here for each other, to carry each other's burdens and to help each other 
but it's really sad if us as a um, people, as a church, when we get together, um, we sense that there's, we don't have any signs of, um, of being, of glad that we're being, sorry, we don't show any signs of being glad to be together. <laughs> I think we should, we should um, encourage that. We should be glad to be together as a church body. We're here to encourage and strengthen each other. So we should be happy to be each other, to be together, to be with each other. We come to church, or when we're at any other time, we should we can we can create joy in each other by. Um, by showing that we're glad to be with somebody. Just a simple little thing. To build joy in each other. In Hebrews 13, it talks about building joy in others. It says, um, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So when we obey those that um, are ministering to us, that have um, responsibility, spiritual responsibility for our souls, if we obey them, it gives them joy. So I guess in, in closing, um, in Isaiah 61, verses 2 to 3, it says, To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, I think it's talking about when Jesus comes, it's a prophecy. And the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the tree, called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So this beautiful tree, imagine a big um, I guess you could say oak tree or an apple tree with fruit on it. That's how we look um, if we allow God's joy to be in our lives and our joy to remain and our joy to be full. We can be called trees of righteousness, planting of the Lord. It's the Lord's work in our life that um, brings us joy. Oil of joy for morning. So that's all I had. God bless you.